0: You're listening to the Brand Builders Podcast with your hosts, Scott Dunstan and Brian Young.
1: Welcome to another episode of the award-winning Brand Builders podcast powered by the Dunstan Group. My name is Brian Young. We are here with Scott Dunstan, who is the president of the Dunstan Group, and we are here with Jeff Dugdale from Queens Athletics, who is announcing some amazing things happening where they're going to be actually transitioning from D2 to D1, and if you're not familiar with Queens, let's talk a little bit about you know that organization or that, that uh, university and what they do. Now... If you haven't been keeping score, you know, sports history uh, is really being, you know, made fresh daily here in the fall, right here at Queen's University. The Royals uh, have notched their first ever Division I goals, points, and wins in baseball, basketball, lacrosse, volleyball, field hockey, and more. Uh, To the doubters, let's just say the Royals have put the A Sun Conference on notice. And look, everybody loves a winner, and there's a lot of love over at Queen's Athletics these days. I'm super excited to hear this transition from D2 to D1. Uh, I did have the the pleasure and really the honor of playing a college sport uh, at Georgia Southern University and it was something that I'll never forget and really has made me who I am and so you know, college athletics is is something that people should be super excited about but at the same time it's an honor to play and with Queens University you've had such an amazing tradition and now going D1 not only will that elevate you but you'll be able to attract more talent you'll be able to continue to grow the organization and with Charlotte growing like crazy it's amazing to have another D1 school right here in our backyard you know now we get to compete against uncc right like is that now the the charlotte university i don't know queens is there so this will be excited thank you jeff for joining us on this episode of the brand builders podcast
2: thank you um glad to be here and i appreciate you guys having me on
0: absolutely man welcome to the show what's the mood like around queens athletics right now it's it's amazing
2: um i'd like to say it's uh, really amplified and uh i would like uh we have a new little brand we're going with royal's rising and as the premier d1 private institution in charlotte the only premier d1 private institution in charlotte uh is is really helping us amplify and uh, get recognized at a different level and we felt that d2 Uh, Although we were excelling, it just wasn't getting picked up. Um, And as soon as we went D1, we saw amazing things happen all the way from our social media to our corporate sponsors to our applications and all the way throughout, um, throughout the whole university, we started to see ourselves, uh, grow, especially in emerging markets of the ASUN like Nashville, uh, Louisville, Florida, Alabama, Atlanta area.
1: So tell me a little bit about how this transition happened. You know, as an athlete, when I played at at Georgia Southern, football was still considered a D1 AA, right? And forever, the the talk was, are we ever going to go D1 in football? Are we going to be up in the top? And and really, the athletic director at that time didn't want to do that, right? He kind of liked the space that we were in. But a lot of people didn't even realize that our soccer team we were D1. We were competing against the Kentuckys of the world and the Indianas, and, and actually UNC Greensboro was number one in the whole country when, we, when I was playing. So it was kind of a funny transition, and then obviously you did see Georgia Southern make that leap, and not only the amount of funds that have come in, but really it's, it's elevated kind of Georgia Southern as a whole, even just from bringing more kids in from an admission standpoint. It's kind of crazy. Yeah. So tell us about that transition, how you guys said, okay, it's time. We want to go D1. And what yeah. really that this is a huge business decision, right? Like, I mean, this university to make that leap, you had to believe in yourself, but you also need to have that support of the community and corporate sponsorships. So tell us how that transition happened. And, and really, where was that light bulb moment where you said, all right, we're doing it?
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's. um. So what happened is, obviously, uh, what sparks the conversation is two things. One, we're selling in athletics. At the time, we're 25 national championships, uh, the only national championships in in the city of Charlotte. And uh, what then happens is COVID-19 happens and happens during March. And in 2020, uh, everything got put on pause, right? Well, most people don't recognize that March Madness um, funds basically D2 and D3 athletics. And what happens is that the leaders in the university, the board of trustees, um, asked our new president to basically create a vision uh, of what would happen if this happened again. How could we be sustainable and viable? And one of the visions um, created was to leverage the marketing arm of the um, success of our athletics to help grow. So this was, um, I want to just pause it. This was was a decision to increase our regular student body. But uh, where athletics plays the part is that we felt it was an easier transition than most because of the fact that we could then um, leverage an already successful programs that are built that were because of their success, they were built at a pretty high level that we could go into a conference and make an Im- impact immediately, which would draw the attention in the markets that we needed to increase our student enrollment and application process, which we've seen, uh, especially when um, some other things were the only the second queue in division one. Um, And so that was going to help on an ESPN brand. And our athletic director, Sherry Swarthout, is very um, connected and networked to be able to um, leverage a lot of corporate sponsors to see the benefits of uh, going D1 as well and how they would benefit from that. So put it in a nutshell, is we we had to make a good biz, um, business decision, as you said. But more importantly, it had to be a strong vision. Now, to give an example of that vision, it would have been very easy for us to um, go within the Big South. And the Big South is, is basically a bus um, conference. We could be um, in and out, and it could be a nice Um, transition. However, that would not have met our vision of um, getting into the markets. We're already in those markets. So we had to um, make that uh, what you call nauseating um, uh, vomit in the mouth, uncomfortable to say, let's go big and let's go within the ASUN and let's, uh, let's get into these markets of Nash, like I've said before, Nashville, Louisville, Atlanta, Florida, Alabama, and let's really start to see what we can do when we get our name out there.
1: Yeah, you guys, and if you're not familiar with the ASUN, uh, a lot of these universities are not necessarily established brand, right? It's not the SEC, but you see these names around. One of them will be Kennesaw State, which you will see has made a, a, an appearance in the uh, March Madness this year, Kennesaw State was a university that was right down the street from where I grew up. All right, and seeing the growth of that, and not only how they've achieved athletically, but a lot of these other universities—you got Florida Gulf Coast. I mean, look, Lane Kiffin used to coach there, right? Like you, you have names that are starting to get out there and they're more popular. Uh, tell us how that transition happened, and when did you guys officially start competing in a Sun?
2: Yeah, so we we made the transition July first, and uh, so it was a little late to the game. Um, And we started competing. Our first game was uh, August 18th um, when we played our first division one game. And uh, that was big. Our women's soccer played UNCW. But, uh, you know, we also have Liberty within the conference, which is well known for their football and for their basketball. And, and, um, So uh, you got we we have the brand notice and and then we had our volleyball team go and get a big win at UNC Asheville because we do partner a lot with the Big South on some games and and uh, we just started getting things rolling and with some of our first wins and we saw our audiences um, jump way up. Uh, We hit a on our first game on August eighteenth. We hit a program record of over eight hundred people in the stands for women's soccer when the student body wasn't even back yet. And that was huge. And that started to give us uh, that single game, gave with so many positive things that happened at that game. We played them tight until the last. Um, into the last and, and ended up losing. But what it did was gave us the confidence that we could um, endure the physicality of moving to D1, the speed we still have to recruit to be better in there, but we did have it. We weren't um, lagging way behind. And um, we could uh, we felt very confident we could compete and we just had to get ourselves acclimated to the new um, style of play.
1: Yeah, you know a lot of people and we talk about this a lot in soccer. There's a lot of Division 2 programs that could have taken Georgia Southern to the cleaners, right? And and the reality is <laughs> Yeah, I love telling people I play D1, but there's really not that much of a transition or really that much of a difference between D2 and D1. Um, Obviously, there's different rules associated with what the NCAA does, but I think you obviously have to bring in more talent that will attract more talent. But how have you guys kind of seen that transition? If you're a D2 athlete and you get to go through this transition and now you get to go immediately to D1, what a great opportunity for your current student athletes. Um, But how have you seen kind of that transition? and, And A, from an attendance standpoint, you know, we would average probably 500 to 1000 people a game, right? And people might not think that's a lot of people. But if you have 1000 people at a soccer game, for you as a player, you feel like you're playing in in the Rose Bowl. I mean, it sounds crazy. (laughs) But when you grew up playing in front of your parents, and maybe 27 people, and now you have 1000, that's such a big difference.
2: Now it, it is our, our attendance, our average attendance went from in, in our outdoor sports um, and we're in, just started our lacrosse season, but went from about 100 to about 375 or bigger. Um, and like I said, we hit an attendance record of 800 and, and our basketball opened up at a thousand plus against in a win against Marshall and uh, which Marshall had an incredible run in the sunbelt. And, and uh, it, it just, um, I, I can't explain. Um, I, I was a, a firm believer that they liked us at D two that it, we wouldn't see much difference, and the difference has been phenomenal um, with the D one. And then one of the things we had to do, in which our 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 president and our um, athletic director, and I'm an associate athletic director, did was we created. We recognized one of the very first things we had to do was recognize who we were. Right. And um, who we are is we are an experience. We're an experience different than the Panthers and the Hornets and all the um, pro sports. We're a fans, families grow, connect, and create. And uh, if we can get fans um, create, grow, and connect fans and families, we uh, we deliver great experiences. And uh, something that we already saw when we did it, we started our season tickets increased, and we started season um, seeing people return over and over and over to our games, which um, was very satisfying to see.
0: So I think your your main campus is on Queens Road, right, in Myers Park. Um, well, it's ac- it's actually on Selwyn and Wellesley.
2: It's, okay, uh, yeah. It goes right in there. Yeah, right. so, but...
0: <laughs> exactly, but there aren't uh, athletic facilities there outside of, uh, I believe, a soccer field, correct? Or-
2: no. Okay, so on the Selwyn and Wellesley main campus, we have the Levine Center, which uh, has swimming, uh, volleyball, men's and women's, uh, our, our wrestling, basketball, men's and women, and uh, our the, in within the Levine, and then we go out to Tyvola and Marion Deal, and that's where our outdoor um, facilities are, and that's our lacrosse, our soccer's, our field hockey, track and field, and all that.
1: Yeah, I'll tell you this: I went to one of my uh, first lacrosse games with one of my good friends who had played lacrosse. And he's like, dude, let's just go to a Queens game. I was like, all right. So my dad was in town and we went, this was probably six years ago. And what a cool environment. Like if you haven't been to a college lacrosse game, just go, like, it will blow oh, yeah. your mind. And I'm not, I mean, you know, I grew up in the South. Like, lacrosse became a sport in high school when I was, like, a junior, right? So it wasn't necessarily yep. something that was as mainstream as it is today. But what an exciting sport. And that facility over there is pretty incredible. Now, I want to jump into your background. You have been a, in this area for a very long time. You swam Division One at Auburn University, which is one of the best schools uh, for swimming. You guys have produced Plenty of gold medals out of that university uh, just from following the Olympics and knowing the amount of talent that comes out of there. But then you moved to Charlotte. You've been in swim for a very long time and obviously in Queens. Tell us a little bit about your journey from Auburn to Charlotte and really how you know, you're know you intertwined in this Charlotte world. And we've had swim Mac on our podcast and everything that they do. And, you know, as a as a kid who played a bunch of sports, I grew up swimming and a swimming is one of the most difficult sports, but mentally it will make you be competitive and be better in anything that you want, right? If you can believe in yourself underwater when you're not breathing, you can do anything.
2: <laughs> right. yeah, correct, correct. Um, now I, so I, I have an interesting journey. I came from Auburn where we won 12 national championships. I did a quick little... Um, and and around through pharmaceuticals. I was pre-med at Auburn and then um, graduated in health and human sciences and and went to into pharmaceuticals with the second largest pharmaceutical company and uh, started finding myself going up the ranks very quickly, 13 years within that. And in doing that, uh, one of the things that came about was the constant question of, you're moving quickly, you have a lot of great ideas and you build really good teams, Uh, why is that? And the answer ended up after a lot of thought was, it it has to be my swimming background, it's my mentoring and everything. So then my daughters are growing up and they wanna start swimming and diving and and my friend becomes, uh, one of my best friends becomes the Duke coach and uh he and i knew dan from tennessee and and when he came over he said can you consult for me a little bit and talk to me about what um what we can do here at uh, duke and while i'm focused in one area of getting them ready use your business sense to help me so i went over to duke and started helping him and and just caught the bug again because we spent so much time laughing on the deck, and and I say that with a little bit of a heavy heart because he just died this um, at uh, right before Christmas um, of cancer. But he, um, what he did is he taught me how to laugh and really fall in love. And as soon as at the peak of my falling in love and helping Duke. I get a phone call from my mentor and my former Auburn coach and, and uh, who I was an assistant with at Auburn. And he says, let's get the band back together. I just got a call from Swimmac Mac and uh, the United States Olympic Committee. And we want to create a concept of called Team Elite, which is going to increase the medal count for the USA at the Olympic level. So I did the only thing responsible. Went from making a really great salary to almost making nothing, and um, and to and said, "Let's do it. Let's do it." Right. So I say this was my mission work, and my first pat, my first uh, task in coming to Charlotte to uh, to create infrastructure for our professional swimmers, Ryan Lochie, Cullen Jones, um, all of our different medalists, was to get some infrastructure, and that's when I met um, Dr. Pamela Davies and uh she and james bullock and brian ralph and sherry swarth out and they had this um they had this vision about starting a program and building a pool so they they brought me in as a consultant with coach marsh and and we started uh we laid out the plans for a team to help enrollment and they accepted that and then they said can you find us a coach and i brought a coach in and who I thought would do really well with the program and educating them. And he came back to me and said, uh, uh, I'm not going to take the job. And I said, oh, that kind of threw me for a loop. I said, why not? And he goes, I just don't believe that they understand swimming or that they would want to win. And I said, oh, okay. And so I went back and talked to him and they said, can you help us get started for at least three years and then go from there and I wrote the strategic plan, and in writing the strategic plan, I said we'd win our first national championship in five, and we did in five years, and we've never lost since. And even in our Division One, we just won last week, um, which is the NIT in basketball. We won the NIC beating Ohio State, uh, uh, Texas Christian, Indiana, um, uh, a bunch of the big power fives.
0: That's incredible. That is incredible. Congratulations. Yeah. We're going yeah, we to both- win in five. We both win in five. I mean, we won in five. That's amazing. I'd like to see that plan. Yeah. <laughs> you, you might, you well, might you need to be a we consultant. we might need a, a yeah, strategic business plan. consultant. <laughs> yeah.
1: Winning in five well, years you know what? in a book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, the interesting thing is is here's I talk about this often. It does happen if you write it down and you put it there. I mean, and that's what happens. If what why most people don't accomplish what they say they're going to accomplish is because they get in the weeds. If you write it down and make it part of your plan, it um, you quickly recognize when you're in the weeds and you say, I need to call timeout. Let's get back into the let's get back into what's um fo- let's get back into focus here. And uh, this decision in resources, this decision in um, in recruiting, this decision in hiring doesn't make sense to where we want to go. So um, let's, let's get refocused. But that's whenever we did that in our athletic department under the leadership of Sherry Swarthout, what happened was we've accomplished everything. We lead the country in volunteer hours. We are GPAs. I mean, can you imagine this, guys? This is humbling for me because I definitely was not this student, but our women's swim team was third within our department with a 3.83. Wow. wow. Third within our department. I'm a competitor. How can that
0: happen? Yeah. What? <laughs> That's amazing. Yes. I mean, to be able to handle sports yeah. and grades like that and still win. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's an expectation, well, it speaks, right? It is. Right. And it speaks to you all's leadership and the program you've built. What does your day-to-day well, look like outside of writing uh, strategic plans?
2: <laughs> well, I've actually kind of graduated from strategic plans. I My day-to-day now looks like I obviously – I put my strategic plan to the swimming program and have great staff there. Then I also oversee – uh, as associate athletic director, I oversee broadcasting, our ESPN contract, um, and all of our, our studio. We have an incredible studio that not only um, puts our programs, our games on ESPN, so we get our name out there and uh, gain that visibility, but we also, because of the 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 model program that we built in a very short time in that studio under the voice of mike lennon we have uh, we get contracted by other um, other sports professional um, conferences other conferences in the area and even high school sports wanting to use our studio to broadcast from i also oversee creative content everything you see on our social media um, pages i also oversee ticketing marketing and sports information. So
1: what do you not oversee
2: (laughs) (laughs) busy man? I don't, I, as you can see everything creative, I do nothing um, (laughs) risk, risk mitigation or liability. You know, I give them heartburns. Yeah. (laughs) I give them heartburn.
1: I love that you guys have been able to connect not only the the, the digital world into kind of the physical world, right? Like the ability to have your teams on all of those platforms is incredible. Um, And I love it where you, you can watch any sport that you want on an ESPN app. And and if you're a a fan, you can follow that team. Now you also mentioned tickets and you also mentioned that this is kind of a fan friendly environment. What are, what is an average ticket if you wanted to go see the the women's soccer team, or if you wanted to go see the basketball team, 10 bucks, 10 bucks, bucks. the best value. I love it. It
2: will be an experience. In fact, here's what great looks like in my, in my world. And that doesn't mean with the economy and things, uh, ticket prices won't go up a little bit, but here's what happens. We're a place in this crazy business world that sees so much division and so much everything to bring your family and reconnect and sit next to your kids put your arm around them and show a good college game win lose or draw you're going to see sportsmanship in our facilities and what happens is you're going to get a good you're going to have the smell of popcorn the hot dogs and all the different things a lot of times we have food trucks uh, we partner partnered with JJ Red Hots and some different things to be able to create another, a whole another fan uh, atmosphere within a fan zone. But what you get then is what great looks like for me is that then you're going to get to know the person who sits next to you. And those tickets are going to become turn in from um, I accidentally fell into them or maybe got them free the first time. So then I bought season tickets. And now I'm handing my tickets down to my kids because I want them to um, reconnect. But I've already heard from family saying, I never see my kids because they're always busy. And we started going to the games and it did everything you promoted it would do. And now they look forward to going. And now we get to reconnect as a family. And that's what Queens does. You can get lost in the big stadiums. And I'm not saying I'm not. No, by no means. I'm a huge fan of the Charlotte pro sports and the FC and the, all that. But what I'm saying is that's a much, that's a different experience. This is a more intimate experience where you can actually talk, get involved, meet the players, meet the coaches, meet the staff, get to know the university and, um, and be proud of um, the community you live within.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I, um, I'm a season ticket holder for Charlotte FC, obviously playing soccer. I, I love taking my kids to those games, but it's not inexpensive, right? That's something that I've decided to, to, to use as an expense to create memories. But you can also see the attendance through Charlotte FC versus a, like a Charlotte independence and, and how that has grown. People love going to see the top level, right? It is what it is, right? So now having a Division I program, I'm not saying that people wouldn't want to go see it as a D2 program. But as a D1 program, I mean I'm looking at your schedule right now for men's soccer. You played the University of South Carolina, right? I mean like you this is not you're playing the biggest of the bigs and hey, when this basketball team, I can't wait till the men's or women's makes the NCAA tournament. What I mean, look at Furman right now. There's there's people yeah. all over the country that are like, "What is yep. Furman? Where did where's Furman? where is Furman?" Like, where do these people <laughs> You know, and you win one more game and then you get an entire week of them talking about your university, right. right? It's crazy how that all happens. Now, I want to jump into kind of the private sector here. You mentioned that, you know, corporate sponsorship uh, it has obviously grown as you guys have gone to Division One. It's great being in a city like Charlotte as it's continuing to grow. You can just look at all the cranes everywhere. It's pretty wild. I think we heard a stat, 100 people are moving here a day, right? So it,
2: it's... Yeah, fourth fastest growing.
1: Yeah, it's, it's crazy, right? And you guys are right in the center city of that. Obviously, everybody is growing around you. What do you need from our community to continue to grow? And if there are business owners that are listening to this, how can they get involved and support this program?
2: Yeah, I need from the community um, to believe and to uh, to help us rise and to, and to you know, the, the vision, we've, we're past the fact now that it was more of the, I need you to see something that's not there yet. We've now proven that we can be there. So we've ta- we've bridged that gap uh, for them to be able to get over. But what we need now is for like-minded people who want to deliver great experiences, who have strong visions of creating, connecting, and growing, who believe in the fans and family, who want to... Uh, we are now even starting to get the impressions. Most people want the tons of impressions, but now we're watching our media um, grow up, so we're uh, grow and and uh, and amplify. So we're really starting to see that go to another level. So we can give them that as well. But we want companies to help uh, help us, uh, as you said, deliver memories, create memories, and within our facilities. And so. I'm asking for people who want something different, who want something unique and want something with a personal touch. Uh, I don't, and let me tell you who we don't want. Um, although it would be nice, uh, cash is king. I don't want somebody to write a check and not get involved. I want somebody who's willing to uh, get themselves involved and become uh, embedded and engaged within our program. And uh, that's what we've seen from our corporate sponsors so far. They've they've come in. They've uh, we're doing things as partners We're we're um, leveraging relationships, we're um, expanding networks, we're involved. They're part of the family. Right. I don't want somebody who just says he and and I say I don't want somebody, but I chuckle. That would be nice. Right. But (laughs) somebody who says, I'm just going to write you a check and don't bother us doesn't really fit who we are. And, um, I would work, I would probably take the money and then work really hard to make them part of the family. And they would be like, you're so persistent and nagging. Um, but it's, (laughs) we, we need that family. We love that family. That's who we are. We're uncomfortable without it.
1: I love that. And, um, from like an exposure standpoint, look at, and I'm looking at the men's soccer schedule right now. When I played in, in division one, we had one game that was televised in the, in the four years that I played, I'm looking at this schedule and literally 95% 95% of these games are on TV, right? So yeah. even if it's something you just want to check out, when, if you've got two young kids, i like got a two- and a four-year-old, I know how hard it is to take them anywhere. But look, if it's a Wednesday night and there's a game on, just throw it on there. Like, check it out. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to take my five-year-old, or now soon-to-be five-year-old. He'll love it. You know, he, he, he won't know the difference between Charlotte yeah. FC and Queens. So he'll just think it's cool.
2: <laughs> no, we love sure. to bring, and this is what makes us. We love to bring in the community and the kids from the local soccer clubs, and they walk out like in the Premier League. They walk out oh, with the awesome. players and and put um, stand with them through the national anthem, and so they feel connected and they can uh, they can see something different, more real than FIFA on the um, on the uh, TV or in the gaming system.
1: You know, do you guys have like partnerships with like CSA and things like that where you try to promote that? Because I, I I'm a coach at csa and this is you know i was always thinking like oh it'd be cool to be able to take my kids to a charlotte fc game but i'm over here like i'm not dropping a grand to like take my team and i don't really want to ask the parents as well like hey let's go spend 75 dollars a ticket but creating an environment to take them to a queen's game is perfect right like that's fantastic everybody can afford it bring the whole team out there and let them experience that it might be a first it might be the first time some of these kids have ever even seen high level soccer played in person Nope, that we
2: We try to do it with um, two big, our two biggest targets are the youth leagues around Charlotte in every sport that we do. And then the second is our camper system. The amount of campers that we've brought through, we'd like them to come back and see the people who've taught them and who've who've directed them. And and I do want to get back to one other thing because it is in marketing and using analysis. One of the things that I do feel strongly that um, the FCA, um, our Charlotte FC, took off is because they closed that upper ring and brought the intimacy of the pro- folks closer to feel that excitement, right? And what happened then is when you see that, even in our community of um, Queens, when we started getting the crowd, it's a smaller crowd, but because it's packed together, it is—it um, feels really good, and it—it's it, it, that—it's—it's um, it's a really good feeling. So.
1: Yeah, Charlotte FC's done a great job. We had Sean McIntosh on, who's the chief fan officer, who's the first yeah. chief fan officer ever in any Love sport. It. And his job yeah. is literally just to, to bring the community together, and he's done an incredible job with that. But you make a good point. Like, if, you, if your stadium seats 2,000 and you have 1,500 there, it feels like you're in 15,000. Like, it's just a different type of vibe. Um, I do right. want to mention one thing. You had mentioned about getting back uh, and involved. Tell us a little bit about the Royals Club. So you guys have the Royals Club, which is an opportunity uh, to be involved. Um, I, I think we need to see more Royals Club stickers on the back of these, you know, Mercedes SUVs yeah. driving through selling
2: about that. <laughs> no there it is it's um it's revamped it used to exist back in our d2 but now it's it's been um we've we've put it on we we've amped, we've pumped it up to really meet the needs of of a d2 exp- or a d1 experience and uh, the royals club is a way to uh and it's expanding um is to get involved and at all aspects, it gives you an opportunity once you get into the Royals Club, to if you want courtside t- um, seat tickets, if you want um, all, to get to every fan experience with your kids without just walking right through and, and getting into your seats, if you want, um, we're, we're looking and we envision a kids club. Uh, uh, And all the different things. uh, But uh, in part of our tradition of light the lion, you'll be the first invited when we win championships and light that lion and get pictures with the teams. And uh, it's behind the scenes. It's a uh, it's a first class experience. And it's again, it's it's a beginning. And and in fact, I think I think, and I feel strongly about this, but because I don't want to again get in competition with the Hornets and the Panthers, because I respect them, but I do feel that we play an important role to give those teams the first try. I mean, a lot of times there's steps, right? You first become part of the Royals Club of uh, the um, of Queens, and then once you experience that. And you're moving through the nature. You stay there, and then you move up to the next one, and you keep moving up. And I do believe we're we're we have everything Charlotte needs, and we're a good we're a good um, stepping stone to that.
1: Incredible man, we are lucky to have you leading the charge. I love that uh, you come with a plan. You're obviously committed to that, and it's obviously worked. You know, looking at your LinkedIn, uh, I'm sure a lot of people like this. It says 14 national championships, Olympians, and laughs. And I think that's great. Yep. Right. And it says building leaders yep. for life. And, um, and I think you're doing that, man. Uh, I, I can't wait to, to take my kids. I'm excited. And I'm and I'm not a Queens alum and you don't have to be right. Like this is kind yeah. of the backyard school. I mean, I think Queens is five minutes from my house. You know, like that's pretty easy to be able to make it. So that's incredible. So uh, tell us quickly and kind of closing what, you know, what can we be on the lookout for, you know, in the next year, in the next couple of years, as far as this program and continuing to grow?
2: Yeah, um, we're going to rise. We're going to, we've figured out, we've navigated the D1 (laughs) landscape in the first, we know exactly who we need to recruit. Uh, I'll give an example, my own personal. I arguably just recruited one of the top 10 or 15, 10 to 15 recruiting classes in the nation with the number one recruit in all of coming out of high school, coming here to Queens, um, turned down Florida and Southern Cal. Um, and wow. so what happened is uh, one uh, what we we, Charlotte as the 14th largest city, fourth fastest growing, and with us within a mile of that, And with the development of East Boulevard being our our street, basically our college street, with our traditions of lighting the lion, we look forward to creating more traditions. Uh, We we are doing everything we need to do so that when we fully emerge into the NCAA tournaments that we will be ready to deliver um, on demand. And uh, we will do so um, not only in the – court, on the sports field, in the pool, but we're going to do it um, academically. We're way above uh, 3.0. So we look to capitalize on that, uh, the grade point averages and what you get from the NCAA and what we do in serving the community. Uh, We, like I said, we, we, we're leading, or just very close to leading, all of the NCAA Division I schools in our amount of service hours, and we're very proud of that because our whole school mantra at Queens is not to be served, but to serve.
1: I love that we do an event uh, around, basically around your university, uh, called the Twenty Four Hours of Booty. Uh, no, yeah, the Twenty Four Foundation. We've been involved with them for for a very long time and do a lot of work in the uh, in the nonprofit space, specifically in the cancer world. But you know, that's one of the events where. Um, I always get to see just kind of really the beauty of the university, Uh, but when you're riding around at one in the morning, right, and there's, you know, the police officers have blocked off all the roads, but it's such a, a, it's a great environment, but you can see just kind of, it's got that home feel, like Queens, you just feel like you're part of it, even if you're not, you know, and then, and so that's kind of my connection, to be honest, just riding a bike around the university, and Scott, I know you've done that multiple times. Um, yeah. as well. So that I do oh, love yeah. that. I want to ask you, you talk about, um, and when we're closing, I'm looking behind you and you have, it says tar water and it is a, it's a, um, a swimming cap. That's obviously from the yep. Olympics and it looks like that yep. guy has a gold medal. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. And we have a couple right above him is Hannah, our gold medal. We have, we're an Olympians made here and I'll show you, we have, um, we have one of our, our, me- um, wow. with our medals from, um, we have produced uh, multiple Olympians. In fact, in 2016, our pool at Queens would have been the third-largest country with eight medals—six gold, a silver, and a bronze.
1: And what? Uh, in I had 20, no yeah, idea. yeah, yeah,
2: wow. yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah, we USA, China, Queens, unbelievable. Yeah, <laughs> that's unbelievable. No, no, so,
2: yeah, so we, um, so we, we've we've produced medals. We had uh, we've had multiple Olympians, um, not only USA, but we've had. Uh, different countries as well. And so we have been recognized by the United States Olympic Committee as an Olympians made here and uh, and that comes with a responsibility as well. So and uh, in our recruiting too, we're recruiting right now with the um, with the commitment to put them uh, put them on the Olympic teams and uh, to make an impact for not only the USA but for all their countries. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, it
1: really is. It is. I, I grew up in Atlanta and got the opportunity to go to the '96 Olympics. Six. I actually, got to my swim. first two gold medals see, came from there. Say, brilliant! I actually got to swim in the the uh, in the pool at an actual meet uh, when I was 17 years old, and that was such a cool moment to be like, I'm in the same water as like the best of the best. Um, but it was just cool. It's such awesome. a powerful. I mean, that, that's crazy. I do want to ask, like, with SwimMac being right here and now you being D1, have you seen? more of an interest in some of those top level talent and trying to keep them at home um you know we work with a couple of people actually Ben uh is it Ben wellheim his daughter mm-hmm. um well, is, yeah. Yeah, yeah is is incredible i mean he's put, it's like every yeah. time she swims she wins and i'm like this girl is incredible yeah, yeah. so are you are you starting yeah. to see like maybe a, a, a an easier or a better path to keep that talent right here
2: well, yeah, it's what I fight two things. So one, we did have uh, a few years back. We had the number one recruit out of the country in Matt Joseph, who came right out of that program as well. And I was the director of higher performance there while David and I were here with Team Elite. And then um, then we split Team Elite to San Diego here, and um, and David's at Cal Berkeley, and I'm here, um, and we've got our pro team as well. But what happens is. Uh, we do see the talent, but a lot of time kids, especially swimmers, want to go away from home. Yeah. But uh, we've had some really talented swimmers from the area, and uh, and we definitely do recruit and try to get in the mix. And the teams that we bring here bring great crowds, so they get to see how we compete. Like we'll have we have Georgia Tech coming this year, UNC Charlotte. We'll travel to Duke this year. Um, And then we have Virginia Tech, Tennessee. We've had Auburn. We have all the big South Carolinas coming. We have all the big schools coming here to swim. So what happens, and because one of the reasons, because most people don't know, but we have, there's only about two pools in the world like ours. Um, And we have, you know, everything that you love about swimming, you hate because of the red eyes, the itchy skin, the smell of chlorine. Well, we're basically an outdoor pool indoors with fresh air every 15 minutes um, circulating and evacuating the chloramines out. And uh, it it, it makes it an incredible, incredible system. In fact, Rowdy Gaines will be here again. Rowdy and I do a lot of things together to showcase our air. We've been in front of Congress, we've been in front of the Senate, the EPA talking about our air and what makes us unique and and experience for the uh, audience and for coaches and for swimmers and how we recruit with it. So, uh, again, uh, Queens is a leader in that area, but we do, to get back full circle, it, that does draw not only from Swim Mac, but Team Charlotte, from Adam, from um, MSA, Mecklenburg Swim Association, all the big talent in the city. Um, they, they recognize Queens. We run camps. We run clinics. And they all send people to come with us. So,
1: Incredible.
0: I learned so much today, I, Jeff. For thank real. You. Thank you for sharing all of this and thank, thank you, you here. for all you're doing to make our community a better place. Absolutely. You guys thank are doing, you. blown way Yeah, I you're really doing am. it
1: the right way. I mean, it's this literally sounds like a billion dollar corporation that is being run, <laughs> but you guys do it the right way. And and we see, you know, our business is committed to the community. It's something that we don't just say out on social media, it's something that we do. And, and I think that's what makes life fun is giving back and being involved. And, and that's what I love about our company. And it seems like you guys have driven the same way. Um, and I love that. That's incredible. I, I will say this, as a, uh, if you are a business owner, you definitely need to get in touch with Queens and figure out anybody that is graduating that is an athlete, especially a swimmer, hire them. <laughs> you will not... You will not be let down. I promise you that. But um, Jeff, thank you so much. I know you you got to run. You're going down to Greensboro uh, to be um, acknowledged at halftime, which is awesome during March Madness. Such a great uh, way to get the name out there as well. But um, just an honor to have you on, man. This is exciting. I'm, I'm I, you can see the sense and joy and just excitement of where the the program is going. But they're in great hands with you and everybody else that's the leaders over there. And uh, just congratulations on the step to D one. And you know, I think this is just the beginning. And and as long as more people keep Getting the word out and bring your families and enjoy it. Uh, this will be something that we can all enjoy for for a very long time.
2: Perfect. And my challenge to you is to get to a game. And if you want to, part of your package of everybody who joins your podcast. Part of the package of doing so, they get also some tickets to the
1: game. There we go. That's um, what I'm so talking about. So they can about. come. Aaron, that's right. Well, and awesome. also, I want to, I mean, soccer is a given because I like it, but um, my son has been going through swim lessons forever, and he is now officially a swimmer at age of four. Good. And um, I swam at the age of five all the way until I was 18 years old. Um, and so I love that as a different sport, but I've never taken him to a swim meet. And I think he will lose his mind seeing how fast these swimmers can go. Because right now he just thinks it's like just stay above water. You know what, <laughs> what I mean? Just, just well, stay above water. What
2: was your event? What was your event? So
1: I was backstroke and freestyle were my two uh, that I that I excelled at. I was a terrible breaststroker and I and I hated butterfly and I am. So I usually I usually swam uh, freestyle and backstroke would be my two. My hundred free was my favorite event. That was my favorite. So
2: you'll you'll love this just to give you an idea, and then we um can wrap up. But uh our fastest 50 freestyler is 188. Oh my god, and 41 in the hundred, and our fastest we have three backstrokers um at 45 low from 45.0 to 45
1: oh um god. eight. That's insane. 18. <laughs> yes. Do you remember what yours was? Yeah, I, I think my fastest okay. I ever did in the 53 was like 26.
0: They're moving already. Yeah. Moving,
1: moving, yeah, they so you yeah, would have w- been top eight at d one yeah, I would have been
0: <laughs> I would have been way behind him,
1: man, God, made me feel better They're walking on go. water, no no, it's incredible, um, well, awesome, Jeff, man, this has been been amazing, like we always say, please like, share, comment, go check out the website, uh go check out all of the sports, there are a lot of them, and there's a lot that we didn't even mention, uh including field hockey, uh they have triathlon team, track and field tennis golf Uh, i have a friend who played at at queens and golf so check out the sport there will be a sport that you're interested in go check them out uh see if they're on espn Uh, but ultimately just support the organization and jeff they are in great hands and thank you so much for joining us this was awesome
2: thank you have a good
1: one you as well until next time you've been listening to this episode of the brand builders podcast